introduce me to people all the time. <laughs> you think I'm up here, but really. But. Um, okay, so this is the presentation that we give probably a couple times a year to Brimwood Academy um, parents. And although it's called Teens and Technology, some parents give their child technology before they're teenagers. So it can be, it's for whenever your child is dealing with technology. So there's a lot of general tips and then some specific apps. I know there's a wide range, but I'm going to give you a snapshot of where teenagers are right now, what are they using as far as technology goes. Then I'm going to give you um, some general guidelines, and then we're going to talk about specific apps that you can look for on your child's technology. So first let's talk about um, a survey from the AP and the University of Chicago. They surveyed about 790 teenagers in December of 2016. Um, they found that cell phone, smartphone ownership is at about 89%. So that's um, teenagers 13 to 17 years old which is up from 2015, where it was only 73%. And you know that, if you look around, most, I would say, 99% of the eighth graders at Burnwood Academy have a smartphone. It's also the way that um, teenagers go online. 99% of teenagers use their smartphone to go online. So they don't use desktops or laptops. Their phone basically is the way that they access the internet. Um, two apps dominate teenage technology use. The first one is Instagram. 75% of teenagers use Instagram. 22% of them say they use it constantly, which is more than the next category down, which was several times a day. So Instagram is huge, with, and we'll talk specifically about Instagram a little bit later on. And then the second one is Snapchat. 76% of teenagers use it, 26% of them use it constantly. So those two apps by far dominate what teenagers do on their phones. Uh, YouTube is huge with kids. If you talk to some of my eighth graders and I ask them, what did you do this weekend? They'll say, I spent the whole Friday night watching YouTube. 96% of teenagers use YouTube daily. So they're going on, and it's, just random like cats playing the piano, which leads to like some guy skydiving without a pair, you know, and it just keeps looping on. And so you can spend a whole night just watching people do silly things. Yeah. Yeah, there is. So when you go to YouTube, you sign in, and then it says there's some settings there that you can filter. But I mean, my son, who's nine, was watching some um, water slide video because we were going to Wilderness at the Smokies, and so I let him watch a video, and sure enough, there's a guy that drops an F-bomb on a water slide video. So it's not, the filtering is not 100%, and with the amount of information that's being uploaded to YouTube, it's almost impossible. So, 44% um, of teenagers are using FaceTime or some other video chat feature, so they're talking to their friends or family using FaceTime. And then about 34% of teenagers actually live stream themselves. So that is Facebook Live or Periscope or a number, number of other apps where they're just like in their bedroom and people can watch what they're doing. So 
Um, and then one of the most disturbing things that we see is called sexting. Sexting is sending inappropriate pictures of yourself to another teenager. So this is, depending on what survey you look at, it's in between 20 and 30% of teenagers sending naked pictures of themselves to other teenagers. Um, good slash bad news, depending on how you look at it, Tennessee just passed a new law about sexting. So before July 1st of last year, it was a felony in transporting images of a child, so child pornography, until July 1st of last year. Now, if you're a teenager and you send the same picture to another teenager, it is now a misdemeanor and can be, um, it's filed in a juvenile court and not an adult court. So, I don't know if that's going to change anything, but it is one of the things that we deal with a lot. With teenagers taking pictures, inappropriate <coughs> pictures of themselves and sending it to other teenagers. Um, most of the time, it's because they love the other person, right? And they're being um, tempted to send that picture, but it happens more often than you think. And when we talk to teenagers, this is what I tell them. Once you send that picture, you lose complete control over that picture, right? So forever, that picture could resurface at some point. But this isn't just a teenage thing, right? You hear about adults all the time, especially athletes, where they do this kind of thing and send out a picture, and then it comes out after they break up because their soulmate wasn't really their soulmate. And so... Or government officials. Right, right. And so it's just a temptation that's there, uh, and teenagers fall into that temptation. too. All right. Let me give you some general tips now. The first one is your child does not own a cell phone, right? You own a cell phone that you're letting them borrow and that you can take away at any time, right? Sometimes our, our students think, oh, that's my cell phone. Well, they don't pay the bill. They don't pay the $800 charge. They don't own that phone. And so the rest of these tips go along with that. The fact that you are letting them borrow your third or fourth cell phone is an important part of this technology talk. So don't get caught in, up in, hey, you can't look at my phone. You can't take away my phone. It's really not their phone. You must take your child's phone away at some point during the day. At Brentwood Academy, we say 9 o'clock, but it may be 8 o'clock for you. It may be 6 o'clock for you. It may be 5. Whatever you decide is the house rule that's when cell phones are taken up. Put it somewhere where it can charge, somewhere where you can look at it. This is a great time for you to look at the, your third phone and see what they have been putting on your phone, right? What apps show up there? Because I can give you a list of 100 apps today, and tomorrow those apps can be completely different as teenagers move to different apps. It's a great way to say, hey, what is this app? Tell me more about this. What are you doing with this app? The other part of it is it allows your child to sleep, okay? Sleep deprivation is huge for students. Even an hour difference in sleep, if you lose an hour, they perform two grade levels lower in reading and math. So the more sleep they get, the better they are. So gets it away from them, they can't use it, allows them to sleep more, and lets you look at what is on your third phone. 
it's especially important that you take away their phone when they're doing homework. Teenagers think that they can do two things at once, right? No, nobody can do two things at once. That's why you can't drive and look at your cell phone. You can't do two things. God did not design our brain to do two things at once. So we're focusing on driving or we're focusing on the phone. We're focusing on homework or we're focusing on the phone. It takes about five minutes for a child to be distracted by their phone when they're trying to do homework. College-age kids, when they were sitting in a lecture hall with some um, observers behind them, they knew they were being watched for how much attention they paid to the lecture. And then they sent random text messages to these students in this lecture hall. Five minutes, they started looking down at their phone. Well, what happens? I'm focused on the lecture, I get a beep. Even if I don't respond to it, now I've diverted my attention from the lecture. I've diverted my attention from what I was reading. Then I have to reorient my brain to focus again. So homework takes twice as long, is what it comes down to. And it's not as effective. Uh, same thing goes for computers. We don't have computers anywhere in dark spaces in our house. This goes for adults and for, for teenagers. The temptation there is too great. As an adult, as a guy, the temptation there, if I'm using my cell phone or my computer in my room or down in the basement, right, the temptation is just too big. So the suggestion is we all work with our technology at the dining room table or at the kitchen table so that we're not hiding anything from each other. There's no switching between windows when I walk by, okay? We all do it at a certain place in the house where we don't keep secrets. You must talk to them about <laughs> technology. Today would be a good time because you could say, I just heard this guy from Burnwood Academy, let's talk about technology. They must know what you expect from them. So you have to set their expectations. Right? What do you expect them to do with this technology? You can't just give it to them and then just say, okay, well I hope they do the best they can. We'll see what happens in the future, right? I think one of the best ways to set expectations is with a contract. If you go online and you Google iPhone contract with your teenager, you'll get something like this, okay? And what it does is it takes the pressure off of you. These are the things that I expect. These are the consequences for if you break this contract. And so then you, there's no drama anymore. What was the consequence for not turning in your phone at 9 o'clock? Well, I lose the phone for three days. Yeah, sorry, did you, take that? did you sign the contract? Yes, I did. Okay, then give me my third phone back for two days. So set it up ahead of time. There are lots of them online. Some are really good. Or you can just make up your own contract if you want. But setting it up ahead of time is just much better than going back and dealing with the drama. Uh, look at the restrictions on every phone. You can set up parental controls and you can turn off a whole bunch of different things on your child's phone. Turn off the camera, you can turn off certain apps, in-app purchases, and we'll talk about family plans in a little while. But make sure you know that you can turn things off on that phone and slowly introduce those things as your child gets older or more responsible. When they are older, they can just turn them back on. Yeah. But you can, you put the password in. Oh, really? Yeah. 
And if they try to figure out the password, it never erases how many failed attempts. <laughs> yeah. Is that, that's not just the one that locks yeah. the phone no. in general? No, there's a parental password that you can put in. If you take nothing from today, you need to listen to this. You must filter your internet at your house. The average age of accidental exposure to, child, to pornography is 9 to 11 years old. That means a child looking for something else found pornography at about 9 to 11 years old. Good place to go is called OpenDNS. OpenDNS is free. They have a list of websites that they update daily. It does take a little bit of work, but the instructions are online. So you look up your device, your router, look up the model, make and model, and then it gives you the model number and then it walks you through step by step how you can filter your internet. It's good to do at the router level with OpenDNS because then every device that connects to your Wi-Fi is filtered. So when your child has friends over, you know that their device, if it's connecting to your Wi-Fi, is filtered. Okay? And it's free, it's pretty easy to set up. Also, contact your um, service provider for your cell phone, so wherever you get data from, AT&T. Some of them have free parental controls, and some of them charge an extra fee. I think it's like $2.99 a month. But call them and find out what do they have that you can use on your child's cell phone. There's also some monitoring software, a couple of them. Kirby is one. It allows you to turn your child's phone off. Um, you Know Kids is also good at monitoring different apps, so it'll send you an email and tell you what your child has looked at, uh, what text messages they've sent or received, and TeenSafe is another one. TeenSafe actually can tell you how fast your child is traveling in the car. <coughs> you need to know that. Um, so these are not free, but if you feel like you need to monitor at another level, there are several options there for you to install the app on your child's phone and then it will start monitoring your child's phone for you and send you information, usually with an email but also through text messages. Alright, what's key here is, I know some of you don't have children at this level, but some of you may already have children in this level and you're like, oh my goodness, I haven't done any of that. You can always hit the reset button. Right? You can blame me. You can say this crazy coach from Brentwood Academy came in and I get lots of looks in the hallway from children after I do a technology talk because I say blame me. You can always reset what you do with technology. So if you need to go back, just reset it because you love them and because you found out new information and say, hey, look, we're going to change some things. So reset as often as you need to. Another idea might be a digital detox time, and I'm going to give you an idea, and it may sound crazy, but one hour per day, nobody uses technology, right? That includes you. Nobody uses a day. One day per week, nobody uses technology. One weekend per month, nobody uses technology. And then what about one week per year where we go, hey, this week we're going to the beach. We're leaving all the cell phones here after the car trip where we really need them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We drove 
11 hours to Florida this year, and I, we bought extra iPads. <laughs> <laughs> so just an idea, just a time where, hey, let's not use technology. Now, the key is you can't do something lame during that time. Like, hey, kids, put up the cell phones. Let's go weed the yard, right? has to be something fun where they enjoy it, where they don't look like detox time is just awful. It's like prison, and we just... And then lastly, you must model technology use for your child. Don't tell them that we don't have cell phones at the dinner table, and then that's the two of you up there texting your friends or sharing selfies on Instagram, and they're sitting there without their technology. So monitor, I mean model, how you use technology. A good way to do it, to show how, how important you think technology use is, how about you put your phone in the trunk before you go anywhere, right? We put our phones away because I don't want to be distracted. And you guys need to know that technology is very distracting for me too. That's why I'm putting my phone in the trunk. All right. Now the good stuff, the specific apps that we deal with a lot. Snapchat, <clears throat> I joke with some students that Snapchat was invented by Satan himself. It's the purpose of Snapchat used to be that I send you a picture, as soon as you open it, however many seconds I give you to look at that picture, count down, and then the picture magically disappears. Right? So, what kinds of pictures do you think people send that they want to have disappear? Right? It's not the ones that you put in your vacation book that you order you know, online. It's the ones that you just want them to see for five seconds or three seconds. Right? Now, Students will tell you, no, we just send puppies and unicorns and rainbow <laughs> pictures all the time. That's what we do. Right? You're blowing this out of proportion. That, and your child may be that. Your child may be puppies and unicorns. But everybody that they deal with, I can't say the same thing for them. Right? Some of them may decide one day, hey, you know what? I'm just going to send them this naked picture, and it's going to go away in five seconds. So when you talk to your child, you may want to take that angle. Like, I really trust you, but I don't trust everybody else out there, and so we're just not going to have Snapchat. Um, the other thing with Snapchat is there are apps that give you a notification that you have a Snapchat picture. You open up a different app, and then you save that picture that was meant to disappear. Uh, Snapchat was hacked a few years ago. Millions of pictures were found on a server and downloaded. We don't really think that all those pictures just go away. Okay, so, and it's the most popular app that teenagers use. So chances are if you have a child and they have a cell phone, a smartphone, they have the Snapchat app. It's that, it's that popular. Instagram, <clears throat> again, your child will say, I don't do those kinds of things. I don't post inappropriate things. I don't um, send nasty pictures to my friends. But Instagram lets you share pictures with anybody and sometimes everybody in the world. So if you don't check the privacy settings on your child's phone, you, they could be broadcasting every picture they take on Instagram to the entire world, literally the entire world. So if they have Instagram, you need to ask them to look at their privacy settings and are they just sharing with friends? And when I say friends, I mean real people that they've met in the real world, 
Not Steve that they got a message from that, you know, they met at a concert, apparently. They don't know this, but Instagram doesn't check that I am who I say I am on Instagram, right? There's no age verification. There's no checking to see that I really work at Brainwood Academy. There's no checking to see that I'm a Christian. It literally is whatever I want to say I am, I can do that on Instagram. Everyone uses Instagram, including porn stars, um, basketball players, football players. I mean, you can follow some shady people on Instagram. And it's as easy as typing in whatever kinds of people you want to look at. And I'm not sure what they're posting, but I'm pretty sure it's not Bible verses and you know dissertation advice. You can follow pretty much anybody on Instagram. So when your child is, is using Instagram, just know that they have some access to some things that you need to monitor if they're going to use Instagram. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Can you speak to how they create their Fensta accounts? Is that under a separate account, or would it be under the same settings? should be under the same settings. Okay. haven't really looked into it, though, but I can. Um, Now we're getting into some really new things that are just from the last year that I've seen. Um, this is interesting. It's called You Now. Basically, what you're doing is streaming from your phone, but you can also monetize that stream. So people that start following you can buy these, can buy this in-account currency, for example. It's called bars. And then if I like what you're doing on your stream, I can actually give you a gift. And so then you can then turn that gift into real money at the end, right? So I'm not sure where that's headed, but I know the kinds of things that people will pay money for, right? Random people watching you on a stream. And so the slippery slope that we have there is, oh, I did this much this stream and I got this much money. What if I just took it a little step further? What if I just took, or someone says, hey, I gave you one bar, and now I'll give you 100 bars if you do this. So have I seen a lot of people using it? No, not yet, but it is out there, and it is different than just streaming for free. Now I can actually make money streaming. What are we gonna do with that? There's a whole bunch of apps that have you swipe left and swipe right based purely on your picture. This is one of them. This is dubbed the Tinder for teens. It's called the yellow app. Basically what happens is it's connected to your Snapchat or Instagram account. And then as I'm swiping through, it's looking for people within a certain radius of where my cell phone is. So it's taking the GPS location on my phone and so it would be the people that are in church today, but also the random people that are outside of church and, you know, whatever settings I have. And so when I see someone that I find attractive, then I swipe right. And if they also swiped right on my picture, then we match. And then we can talk in Snapchat. So 
basically kind of getting you to meet hot people that you can talk to in Snapchat is what this is for. Um, it can also, you can also go live, you can also send videos, so it's kind of a, if you know what Tinder is for adults, single adults, this is what it is, but for teenagers. You have to be 13 to sign up, but nobody checks ages, so I could be 45 and sign up as a 14-year-old. I can go online and find some, you know, 14-year-old models, download their pictures, and then I'm just pretending to be a 14-year-old supermodel and getting people to swipe right. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I just said. That's how you use the app. Same thing, spot a friend, also location-based. It's really just, hey, who's around me that is hot that I can swipe left or swipe right on? And it's a similar concept. House party is group video chat. And so teenagers just hanging out, but in this case, they're <coughs> hanging out with video. So you can have up to eight people on a screen, everybody has house party, and you're all kind of just hanging out virtually and you know doing whatever. There's no filter, so you don't know what people are doing on there. And so people are just using that to hang out um, with video. Um, Monkey takes a, di a different view of connecting teenagers to each other. It will randomly connect you to somebody on Snapchat worldwide. Just a, random, just a random person out there that you will be able to chat to. Obviously, that's just you know, begging for some guy to be on there that's um, showing inappropriate things. Um, they do have a safety center, but I mean, you can't stop everybody. And so my question would be, why do you want to randomly connect to some person out there in the world. We get this a lot, um, and it's, it's apps designed to deceive, really. So this is called the Calculator Percentage app. Um, it looks like a calculator, but when you click on it, it actually has a secret code that you can enter, and then you can store pictures under this calculator app. And so you can literally hide pictures from your parents if you want. So, I mean, the dead giveaway is why does your child need a second calculator app, right? Are they some sort of math genius that the regular calculator app is just not good enough? We need this one. Um, it also will take a picture if you put in the wrong code. So it'll take a picture of the person that is trying to get into your phone for whatever reason. Um, but you would know these kinds of things if you were taking up your third phone at night, right? You would be like, oh, another calculator app, that's interesting. Tell me about this app. Show me what it does, right? Uh, there's others. This is called Private Photo Vault. This one doesn't really hide itself, except that it goes under a thing called My Utilities, right? So, and then when you go in there, it says Private Photo Vault. So, <clears throat> the other way to know what your child is installing on your third phone is to set up family sharing. You can do that on the uh, website or on your phone. And what it does is when you go to set up family, it's going to say um, 
What do you want to turn on? Things like turn on, ask to buy. So when a child goes, oh, I want to download this app, it's going to send you a message that says, hey, do you want Warren to download this app? And then you can say yes or no, depending on what the app is. So family sharing is pretty good. If you have a child, set them up on that, and then you would know what they're downloading, what they're putting on their phone. Um, a lot of what we see with teenagers and Instagram and Snapchat is they're begging for likes. Right? They're begging for approval. And of course, just like with the live streaming app, what gets the most approval? Well, the racier you get, the more approval you get from just random people and people that you get. There's even apps called InstaFame. You download the app and it gives you a certain number of likes just for having the app, okay? So I post a picture of me playing tennis and all of a sudden when I was only getting 15 likes, now the app helps me get 115 likes, which makes me cooler. And so now people think I'm really cool. So uh, we talk about Twitter. Uh, Twitter is basically the same thing. You can follow whoever you are. Most of you know what Twitter is already. The concern that we have with Twitter is just how quickly things can go badly, right? And so we talk to our students all the time about how do you manage your digital footprint, your digital identity? Because I'm thankful that I didn't have all these tools when I was in college or high school, right? The silly things that would pop up now if I had had this just would be devastating, right? But one girl, her name is Justine Sacco. This is how quickly things can go badly. She's traveling from the United States to South Africa where her parents live. And she, she got on a plane in London, which was the, her first stop. And as she's getting on the plane, before she turns off her phone, she sends out a tweet. She has 100 followers. I'm making that number up, but it's around 100 followers. She sends a tweet that says, I'm heading to South Africa, hope I don't get AIDS, comma, just kidding, I'm white. Send. Turns off her phone. She's in the air for like seven hours now, right? Well, some newspaper, well, some magazine, the guy sees the tweet and he retweets it. Well, he has 150,000 followers. So all his followers get it and they retweet. Well. By the time she's halfway to South Africa, she's the number one trending topic on Twitter for that day. Gets home, turns on her phone in South Africa, and she's just bombarded. Just millions and millions of messages and people, you know, wanting her to die and take even her family, like they are just devastated about what she did. Well, you know, eventually that Twitter storm blows over and people move on to the next topic that they're outraged over. But they followed up with Justine a few months later and said, how has your life changed? And she said, well, she can't go on any dates anymore. Because what's the first thing we do if you're dating and you meet someone new, right? You Google them. So when they Google her name forever now, this is going to pop up. The fact that she was this trending topic on Twitter. So we talk to students about just how quickly you can become a trending topic with what you put on, on um, social media. Um, 
We've got two minutes. Mm -hmm. You're doing great. Uh, Kick Messenger. This is a messaging app, just like text messaging, but you don't need a cell phone. So you just need to sign up for an account. So you can, again, you can't verify who the people are that you're texting with. It's been linked to people being um, lured away from their house. There's 150 million users. You can sign up to chat with somebody, but you don't have to provide any identifying information. You just need an email address. Um, again, it's looking, people are using it. This is just the reviews of the app. So there's 45,000 reviews, and there's some things like, hey, looking for someone to trade some nude pictures with through the app. So if your child has kick, you need to look at what they're doing with kick. And I would ask them, why do you have kick? You, you can use iMessage with anybody that has Wi-Fi. You don't need somebody, you don't need to be using kick. Um, you can also send unsolicited pictures so your child can get pictures on the kick messenger app. They added a piece of security that now I have to tap to reveal the app, the picture. It doesn't just pop up automatically, but still, anything you want can be sent through there. Uh, this is the last one I'll cover. It's called Yik Yak. It's based on your location, and it's just the people that are around you sending, posting anonymous messages to this Yik Yak information board. Yik Yak is banned the company itself banned the app in the school. So if you try to open it up at Brentwood Academy, it doesn't work because of the bullying that goes on in the Yik Yak app. So if they have it, look what they're doing. Again, the age is not verified, so you can have whatever age person in there that you want. We're a little bit over, but what questions do you have uh, for Warren before we wrap up? I know this is a drink by fire hose. <coughs> we'll, we've recorded his presentation uh, on the podcast, so you'll be able to go back and kind of download it. Um, but any questions that you have? Uh, yeah. Just quickly, a group chat has popped up lately, like is Team Coach used it and stuff. Is there also nefarious activities that go on with that one that you've noticed? Um, yeah, so are you saying that the coach, for example, or a group of people set up a group of people? Yeah, like a little team, let's say, yeah, yeah. practice here at this yeah. time and stuff like that. I mean, if there are people involved, there's a chance that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Other questions? Yeah. Who so, regulates all of this? Uh, when you mean, what do you mean? Who would regulate all of this legality and so forth? Nobody. I mean... Basically, you regulate it by suing somebody if something bad happens to your child. That's the regulation. But they will claim, like, there are age restrictions on those apps. So they will say, well, as a parent, it's rated 17 plus. Why did you not stop them from downloading the app? Well, I mean, it, there is an age restriction on most apps, but nobody ever checks that. So your comment about easily distractedness um, seems a little bit challenging because so many schools now are transitioning to app-based little technologies that then have to use the web. So if you blow up Safari on their phone, then they can't use Quizlet. And, yep. and it's just like this cyclical thing, which is really tough to navigate through. Yep. And then the distraction, they're on Quizlet, hey, they're actually studying, <laughs> yes, but then. So my advice would be, hey, we have an, we have an iPad that only has educational things on it. 
So they're not getting text messages and they're not getting Snapchat notifications and they're not getting Instagram. So I think the distraction comes from I'm playing this game, but Bobby just sent me a text or a request or something so that there's their educational iPad doesn't have distractions on it. The other questions? Place to sell your <laughs> <laughs> you take a GameStop, they'll give you like a video game system or something. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously, you see now why we called in the, you know, in the experts, right? A lot of information, and I'm so thankful that, you know, our larger community has someone like Warren that's staying up to date on this. He'll be around if you have questions after. And then we've got his information. If you've got some questions, we'll try to send out uh, some information to you as well as follow up to this with link to the podcast. Uh, Warren has a three and a half year old, wait, three and a half year old, seven year old, and a nine year old. And uh, uh, I got a, a tweet or a text or something that told me that date time with he and his wife was really important. So we want to give you as a class a gift of a date to Uncle Julio's. Thank you. Thank you very much. Outstanding job. Thanks so much for coming. We appreciate you being here.